What's up, guys? Welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Uh, we're here for this uh, special recording tonight. Uh, I'm Jacob Kamaker. I'm hosting the pod tonight. Our boy Ian Cummings can't make it right now. Uh, you know, all this crazy stuff going on with Jay Gruden. Ian's got swept up in that. So uh, tonight I am joined by Rigos Rag contributor Connor Forrest and Matt Hines. And uh, we're going to be here to talk to you about all things Jay Gruden and uh, what exactly is going on in Washington now that he's been fired. So uh, first off, all, Connor, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, boys. How are we all doing? I- I'm doing pretty good. Hines, how about you? Uh, you know, we've been better. We've been worse. That's, a, that's definitely a fair way to put it. So uh, let, let's kick this thing off. Uh, obviously, Jay Gruden's been fired. That's the big takeaway from today. Uh, but, Hines, I'll, I'll start with you. What, what are your takeaways from the firing? Was it, was it too little, too late? Or, uh, you know, are, are you just looking forward to the fact that he was gone? Or are you uh, are one of the rare Jay Gruden sympathizers left out there? Uh, definitely not a Jay Gruden sympathizer. I uh, definitely think it was time. Uh, but I guess yes, almost all your questions, except for a Jay Gruden sympathizer. It is too little, too late. They are 0-5. Uh, but he needed to go. Somebody needed to get fired, and, and he was uh, the obvious choice if Bruce Allen's not going anywhere. Yeah, and you don't think that Bruce Allen's going to go anywhere based off of today? At, at least not. You know, if we go 0-16, yeah, probably. If we win one game, two games, he's probably out. I think even Schneider would have to make a change at that point. But, you know, let's say we win four games for the rest of the year. Yeah, I bet he stays. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll agree with that. I definitely think that Gruden's being scapegoated a little bit here. Uh, Allen did not seem to think he was in much danger, even though he kept implying during his press conference that uh, the whole team was 0-5. He did not seem like a man under distress. Connor, what what are you thinking about the firing? Are are you thinking the same thing, or are you harboring any extra resentment, or what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I'm right with you guys. I think that Two things. I think the front office definitely uses this as a scapegoat situation. I mean, the season is down the toilet, and you know, I think, you know, for for you know, responsible organizations, it, it you take a look at all levels and you reflect on all levels. But realistically, it, it seemed as if Jay Gruden really was a dead man walking even into this season. And I mean, it really felt like this was not the guy that the Redskins wanted to go with. You know, moving forward. I mean, how many conversations did we have about well? you know, Jay Gruden is presumably gone at the end of the year. If you go into a season and you think that your coach by the end of the year is, is gone, presumably, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what, 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 you know, I, I made this, you know, I, I was talking with Hines about this back in training camp. If you don't feel like Jay Gruden is your guy, then what, what, what's the point of this whole routine? And I think, I think what the point of this is, and, and with Bruce Allen's comments today, is that this, this was a scapegoat situation. Because, you know, let's be clear here. This whole offseason was kicked off by Trent Williams basically giving the team the middle finger. He wanted nothing to do with them. And Jay Gruden is already playing behind the eight ball without his star tackle. You're talking about a guy who may or may not even like Dwayne Haskins. And this reminded me so much of a Jeff Fisher with Jared Goff situation where it just – something was just not right going into the season. And clearly five weeks in, it just didn't get any better. But, again, we, we – I talk about this so much when you have an inept organization like this firing Jay Gruden week five. And I, you know, I said it, Hines said it last podcast. I know. I, I mean, really all of us have been saying Jay Gruden's not the guy for this job. You should probably get rid of him. But 
again, if anybody thinks that getting rid of Jay Gruden is going to make an immediate impact now, it's really just putting a Band-Aid over a bullet hole. And you're going, this is not something that's going to make a, a, an impactful change now. I think exactly what Jacob said. I think, unfortunately, this is a scapegoat situation for the front office to try to cover themselves, you know? Yeah, I can definitely see that being the case. And uh, uh, one thing I want to ask you, Connor, do you, do you think the team has quit on Jay Gruden or vice versa? Has Gruden quit on the team at this point? Do you think that after the, the couple games they lost to start the season, you think he saw the writing on the wall and just wanted to get out and move on to the next thing? I think there's definitely a human element to it, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't ever like to say that, you know, a guy quits on a team because, you know, unless you actively see him canceling practices or just not showing up to work, uh, you know, Jay Gruden, according to everybody, was at work every day at five. I mean, he was working, you know, 18-hour days, you know, and, and he was trying. And I, I can never question a guy's intent or, or whether he quits or not. I definitely can tell you that the front office, though, however, we're, we're waiting for this to happen. And it makes, it, again, the problem with this whole conversation is that this is, this is putting lipstick on the big fat pig that's sitting right in the middle of the room. And that you can, you can constantly change the lipstick color with Mike Shanahan. And you can do so with, you know, Jay Gruden. And you can do so with Scott McLuhan. But at the end of the day, you're looking at a rotten culture from the top down. And I think we've seen it routinely, whether it was a Brian LaFamina when he came in and he lasted nine months, or Scott McLuhan getting ousted out of here in an ugly manner, or Mike Shanahan having constant battles with the front office the day he walked in the door. With all of these different elements surrounding this team, there's one sitting in the dead middle, and it's Dan Snyder, and his wingman is Bruce Allen. And we're constantly sitting here having conversations as to, you know, did Jay Gruden quit? Did Mike Shanahan quit? Did Scott McLuhan quit? At a point you go, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But it's so easy to see that there is a pattern of the front office quitting on their coaches and quitting on their guys and not having their backs and constantly looking for the excuses to get themselves out of a mess. And I think that that's what Jay Gruden was caught in at the beginning of this year, definitely towards the end of last year. And I think that that's, that's kind of where we stand now. Yeah, and I think I think it speaks volumes to an extent based off what you're saying, the fact that Gruden was, I believe, the longest tenured coach of Dan Steiner's ownership. And uh, even he had an unceremonious departure. So I, I think that tells you everything you need to know about the front office. And it just seems like it's a poison structure that needs some form of change. But if we're not going to get that change, we might as well look at the change that we have. So now we have Bill Callahan. He's taking over as the interim head coach. Kevin O'Connell's going to be the offensive coordinator and really call the plays this time. He already was the offensive coordinator, but that was more of a title than an actual, you know, chance for him to showcase what he can do. Uh, the one thing we won't be seeing is Dwayne Haskins on the field. Uh, it seems that Bill Callahan is willing to uh, wait on him as well. So, uh, Hines, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on um, – the coaching change, um, the, uh, what the new system looks like, and uh, what their plan with Haskins is. So, I mean, I'm fine with Callahan as the interim head coach. That really didn't surprise me. I mean, I know a lot of people wanted Kevin O'Connell to get the, the full job right away, but I, I honestly think it's a fine move to make Callahan the head coach. He's going to be your punching bag for the next 11 weeks uh, while they continue to rattle off losses. And Kevin O'Connell, as, as you mentioned, get to really embrace the full role of offensive coordinator and play caller for hopefully Haskins in the near future. Um, 
overall coaching staff, I can't believe that Greg Monofsky is still employed by this team. I, I'm blown away they didn't make a defensive change. I thought they would announce that at the same time as Gruden uh, and, and let uh, Bill Callahan pick whoever his favorite on the defense was to step up. But I guess they're going to keep things going on that side of the ball. As far as the plan moving forward with, with uh, Caskins as a third string, uh, I mean, there is an, uh, you know, a real possibility that the guy isn't ready. Um, you know, that begins to ask, you know, well, okay, did you overdraft him then? You know, what have you been doing wrong in your prep? You've had him in your building for quite some time now. Why isn't he ready to play the Miami Dolphins, uh, who are intentionally tanking? Uh, so that, that just doesn't really make sense to me. So I kind of worry that uh, people with higher pay grades may be making the quarterback decision instead of the new coach. But if anything, that'd just be more of the same. So it wouldn't be too shocking. Yeah, and uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on the Haskins situation? I know a lot of people thought that he would end up getting the start versus the Dolphins when news broke that Gruden was uh, being fired. Were you one of those people? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, boys. I, I was done. I mean, I couldn't believe Bill Callahan said what he said today. And, again, I'm with Heinz. I actually don't mind Bill Callahan because I think I think going with Kevin O'Connell early, I mean, there's an argument. I can make an argument for, for naming Kevin O'Connell, you know, interim coach. But I think going with the steady hand, a veteran, to kind of to kind of balance out the shift because clearly it's just rocking out of control. You need somebody who's a veteran presence, who's been around the league, who's been around football to kind of balance everything out a little bit. But look, you know, Kevin Sheehan said this, and I I couldn't agree more. I I can't understand the idea of you know, and I even would would have made an argument to start Dwayne Haskins against the Patriots. As many as people said that's a dumb decision. My thing is, you drafted him. You drafted him in the first round. You think that this guy is your future. Is he ready? No, he's clearly not ready. But we're now not staring down the barrel of a 6-10 and 10 season. This is a bottom-feeding team that has a chance to pick first overall, or at least at this pace, in at least the top one, two, or three, at minimum. You need to know what you have in Haskins. You need to know what you have there, and you need to start him. You need to play him, and you need to put him through the test. If he's not ready – Get him ready. Find a way to make him comfortable, get a system that works, and make sure that for the next 10 or so games that he's out there, make something happen. We need to see what we have in him because the bottom line is if we pick first overall and you're staring at Tua, Tonga Vailora, or you're staring at Trevor Lawrence if he's available, you need to be able to know for a fact that you can confidently pass on those guys. I know it sounds ridiculous. People would immediately jump on me and go, you can't quit on Haskins. You can't do that. But you have to know what you have on this guy. You've got to know. I think Dwayne Haskins has the possibility of being a franchise quarterback for this team. I've said it from day one. I think there were limitations that are coming out of college, but I think he's got every single tool in the bag to be successful. But we have to know that. And what is the, what is the positive of starting Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy will not be on this roster next year. Case Keenan will not be on the roster next year. You know, Bill Callahan will not be the head coach next year. We're wasting our time doing nonsense, and there's a point of this where it goes, there's no reason for this. I, I don't know. There's, there's no reason for giving Case Keenum reps. There's no reason for giving Colt McCoy reps. The season's over. What's the worst thing that could happen by putting Dwayne out there? You lose every game. He looks bad. That's fine. But we need to know what we have in him. And my thing is when I'm sitting here listening to him go, well, he's not ready, find a way to get him ready. You drafted him in the first round. Whether this coaching staff or the front office were on the same page or not, you've got to get on the same page. And whether people have to swallow their pride, this is what you have. You've got Dwayne Haskins. 
draft is over. The guy's on your roster. You got to know what, you know, you have to know what he is. Because if you don't know what he is going into the next draft, you're, you're now passing on possible good talent and you're dragging on this process even more. Yeah. And a lot of people will point to the, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs sitting Patrick Mahomes for a full year as the, or Aaron Rodgers sitting for a couple of years as the reason to uh, sit Dwayne Haskins because it could help his development. But what a lot of people ignore in that is the fact that those two teams were winning without both of those players. Um, yeah. They were playoff teams. So that's an important thing to remember as well. Um, my personal take on this situation with, uh, with Haskins is, we're going to see the team go in one of two directions. Uh, I firmly anticipate that Haskins will still be on the team next year. I think we're going to see them uh, take the Matt Nagy route um, in terms of what the Chicago Bears did in 2018. Uh, they're, they're going to look to hire a new coach who believes in the quarterback. Remember, Mitch Trubisky's in his third year, but it's only his second coach under uh, Matt Nagy. He uh, spent his rookie year under John Fox. So uh, that's a little bit of a similar situation, a highly thought of draft pick who uh, didn't start right away but did get a lot of action. Haskins, we'll see if he gets the action. The other way this could play out is obviously the Josh Rosen situation where the Cardinals drafted him in the first round and then just completely offloaded him and gave up on him because they had the number one pick and believed in Kyler Murray more. I don't anticipate we'll see that because I don't think the front office will want to admit that they're wrong, even if they think they are. Uh, But we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, Now – I, the big thing, obviously, coming up is going to be the coaching search. The the team now, being the first team that fired a coach, will have a chance to get a head start, at least looking at some retread candidates and some people who aren't currently employed by NFL teams. So I guess my question now is, who do you guys like on the open market? Uh, and who, who do you think would be a good fit at coach for the Redskins? Hines, we can start with you on this one. So, obviously, there's a lot of rules about, you know, who they can and can't talk to right now, as uh, even Bruce Allen alluded to in his press conference. So, uh, I know the big name that everyone thinks of as available uh, is is the brother of our current linebacker coach, Rex Ryan. Uh, I, I don't want anybody with the last name Ryan coaching this team <laughs> in any position, Rob included, in, in the future. I, I, I didn't like the hire to begin with, and I still don't like that he's here. Uh so if that's the you know one of the big names that's out there that can be talked to freely, I don't. He's not one I'm interested in. Uh, I'm not too big on on Harbaugh either. Um, really, for me, the guys that I'm looking at are the ones that are in the league right now that they can't really talk to. Um, I, I think one of the most serious candidates really is Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I think the two most important evaluations, uh, one to Connor's point, uh, and Haskins over the next you know 11 weeks, the the second most important evaluation is Kevin O'Connell. Um, I think he's got a real chance to be the next head coach. Um, obviously, there were all the articles that speculated Mike Tomlin uh, as, a, as someone that Dan Schneider has serious interest in. Um, obviously, a lot of things got to unfold for him to even be available, uh, let alone wanting to take this job. Um, Todd Bowles, not a fan of that move. I know he is Redskins, you know, uh, history, and Dan Schneider seems to be pretty interested in him, had him in the interview for the defensive coordinator position or allegedly no position, but we all know what it was here, what, he, what he was here for. Um, I'm not really a fan of him as a head coach candidate either. For me, it really comes down to somebody like Mike Tomlin, who's established and has, you know, one rings in this league. Kevin O'Connell is someone you want to give a chance to internally. Uh, or it, it may be a classic Snyder move, 
and I don't think he would ever do it in terms of the candidate. But if Lincoln Riley were to leave college football and were to come to the NFL, I don't know if Dan Schneider's checkbook is big enough to make it happen, but if it is, that would really excite me. Yeah, that would be the type of splash hire that would uh, possibly buy Snyder some love with the fans. So I, I could see him making that move as well um, if if Riley becomes available, which it doesn't seem likely at this point. Connor, uh, what are your thoughts on coaching candidates, and do you have a favorite? Yeah, actually, Matt kind of hit the hit the nail on the head there. I, I mean, I, I really – I really echo a lot of his sentiments, honestly. I, I think um, it's hard because we're in a position now, with, you know, and we keep, I keep going back to this front office. We're in such a tough position because we're not the Steelers. We're not the Patriots or the Packers. Like, we do not have guys, in my opinion, like Lincoln Riley that are just going to drop making eight, nine million dollars, having all the control in college football and go, like, oh, let me just cut this and I'll just go, you know, and just fight my way through that front office over in Washington with that inept franchise. It's just tough because you, you talk about guys like Urban Meyer, you talk about guys like you know, Lincoln Riley and, and, and uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh. And it's like, I, it's, you know, A, I don't, I have reservations about at least two of the three. I think Lincoln Riley would be awesome. But I, I can't see a possibility why Lincoln Riley would want to come over here. I, I can't see a possibility where even I love, I would, I, my number one, if, if I, could make anything happen would be Mike Tomlin. Why the hell would Mike Tomlin want to be over here? There's no chance. You know, I think that you you got to go out there. you got to make changes with this front office, completely gut it, to open up the opportunity to really make a splash in the head coaching market. If not, I really do uh, agree with Matt. I think um, – I know everyone's going to jump at Kevin McConnell hasn't called plays. He isn't experienced. But – you know, I think that there's something to I think there's something to, you know, uh, this season learning on the job for Kevin and, and really taking this next of ten, eleven games, you know, you know, by the leash and running with it. And you've got to run with it. Make the best of this opportunity. I think I think I would probably say Mike Tomlin if I had the dream and if I had the chance, but yeah, I think Kevin McConnell after this year I, I could give you a more solid answer, but I, I do, I, you know, bottom line is I don't want him leaving this organization. I think he's got a great future as an offensive mind, and I, I absolutely see within the next few years him being a head coaching candidate for sure. Yeah, and where the, the Redskins have lost some of those top offensive-minded uh, head coaches like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, there's definitely going to be a growing sentiment if O'Connell does well that – they're going to want to keep him. The fans are going to want to keep him, and they're going to have their big young gun as the head coach. Um, now, I, I bring this name up just because he's someone who's out there right now. He has a Super Bowl ring, um, and he's unemployed. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Mike McCarthy, and do you think the Redskins might give him an interview just to see what's up there? Mm. I'm uh, I'm actually going to pass on that one. I'll be honest with you. I think Mike McCarthy – is uh, a good coach, um, but I think a lot of his success genuinely did lie on the shoulders of, of you know, what Aaron Rodgers did, especially, you know, in the in – the, I mean, it's hard to even say if Aaron Rodgers has even hit the peak of his career, cause, but really during the, you know, mid-2000s of Aaron Rodgers' career, you know, he was doing a lot of, of, of changing the plays, what Mike McCarthy was doing, a lot of audible situation. There was a lot of conflict there. 
And it seemed to be kind of smoothed. Honestly, a lot of it seemed to be smoothed over because Aaron Rodgers was just making it happen. You know, I I I don't know. It's I I would I would tend to lean no towards Mike McCarthy. I I, I don't know if um, I think he's a he's a good coach. I think he's well respected, but specifically, I'm a hard no if this front office is the way that it is because. I think a lot of what he did was hinged on what Aaron Rodgers was capable of doing. I don't know what you think, Hans. Yeah, I, I echo a lot of your thoughts there. Um, I would generally, I, I would lean towards passing on McCarthy as well. Um, I think McCarthy, I'll, I'll put it shortly, I think McCarthy could do good things for Haskins, not great things, and I want a coach that can do great things for Dwayne Haskins. That's entirely fair. I can see the argument there. Uh, I, I think I once had an argument uh in which I said that Mike McCarthy was very similar to Jay Gruden. This was obviously before the last couple of years of the Gruden tenure, but uh, McCarthy's ability to coach is solid, and he can be a good coach, and he's proven that he can be, you know, an above-average coach. But I'm not sure he'd be the right guy for the job here. That said, I, I still think the team should reach out to him just because he's respected um, in the coaching ranks and because he has a lot of experience. Maybe he could help stabilize things if all else fails. Um, I I have him at number four on my coaching candidates list right now. Um, he's basically my logic there is of the retreads that are possible, he'd probably be the one that I would most like. But there's obviously a case to be made against him. Now, uh, we're, we're running a little short on time here, guys, but uh, I guess if, if – if you had to pick one maybe dark horse candidate who could get the job, someone we may not be thinking about as much, um, who, who would you think that might be? And who would you think could actually maybe turn around the Redskins if given the chance? It's so hard to say. Honestly, it's, again, I, you know, I keep repeating it. I'm, I don't know who could do that with Bruce Allen in the position that he's in. I'm not sure if anyone can. I, I really am not sure of it. Um, but to be honest with you, it, it sounds kind of funny. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going against a little bit of what I said, but I genuinely think that, that if Todd Bowles was given a chance to build a staff around him, he's a good defensive mind. I think he would need, I think if Kevin McConnell were to, were to Kevin O'Connell were to, to prove himself this year, to get some reps under his belt and to build himself as an offensive mind, really in this offense, get comfortable with Haskins. He's been working with them. You know, you wouldn't be changing the offense too much. I think if Todd Bowles was to, you know, if we got a guy in the front office, again, this is another pipe dream. God forgive me. I'm dreaming all day because no good things happen to Redskins fans. Say if a guy like Lewis Riddick came into the front office or a guy who, you know, who knows, name a GM that came into the front office and you brought in a guy like Todd Bowles and you were able to reboot this defensive staff, I think that would be a really – really solid move. Um, you know, I think Bowles by himself in this structure right now would fail, just like a lot of things would. But I, I, I don't know what you think, Hines, but I, I genuinely think that if Todd Bowles were to come in here with a clean sweep at the front office and a good hand-picked defensive staff with Kevin O'Connell, I, I think that would work. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see it if Bowles was given a lot of support. I'm I'm not a big fan of him as a head coach, but, I mean, given all those things that you listed there, I could definitely see that ended up, you know, being a more positive outcome than certainly what, we're, what we've been dealing with. Um, I love the idea of Lewis Reddick as a general manager. I feel like that one's getting pushed by the media a lot, but, like, sure. that's, one, that's one I'm all in for. I, I think, you know, 
the media makes a lot of good points when talking about him, even if they are doing it a little too bit, you know, too much. He has worked here. He does know how Ashburn works, and that is really important. Uh, and especially if he knows how Ashburn works with Dan uh, and Bruce Allen were no longer here, because there's no way those two would ever coexist. If Lewis Riddick comes in here, it's it's to run the team, or at least the football operations of the team completely in a, in a classic general manager role. Um, if you get him in here, I, I think names like Mike Tomlin and, and you know, Lick and Riley and whoever you want, those start to become real possibilities. But that's more of a Bruce Allen point than anything. Um, dark horse candidate for head coach of the Redskins. Um, I don't remember which podcast I heard this on, but uh, I want to say it was Chad Ryan's podcast. Uh, he floated the name Byron Leftwich, uh, who works under Bruce Arians in Tampa. He worked under Bruce Arians in Arizona. Um, apparently Arians thinks the world of him just thinks his, you know, his experience as a player, uh, has, you know, allowed him to have a better understanding of putting together a decent offense. Um, he's had some challenging situations personnel wise that he's worked with earlier in his career. You know, obviously Arizona ended up with the first pick for a reason. Uh, and now he's working with James Winston in Tampa Bay. So, uh, he's got a very volatile, you know, player base that he's worked with, but, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see Schneider try to go after a former player, someone who's younger, a little outside of the box, if some of those bigger-name candidates kind of fall through the cracks. It's funny that you mentioned Leftwich, too, because he's currently the betting favorite to be the head coach. So he may be a dark horse among fans in the media right now, but in betting circles, believe it or not, he's the favorite, which I find to be pretty odd and interesting. So, yeah, uh, that's actually, I did not know that. That is really odd. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, the the odds the odds on the head coaching candidates are very very strange, but uh, I could see a world in which Leftwich gets consideration. But the fact that he's the betting favorite right now tells me that he may be liked more in Ashburn than we're aware of. So I think you've got you've nailed the dark horse pick, Hines. I really think you got a good one there. Well, yeah, I, I got a. I, I'm pretty sure it was the Chad Ryan podcast that I heard that floated. So I give him the credit, but yeah, I might have to go figure out how I can uh, bet on that not happening and see if I can win any money. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see if we can find that out. Uh, all right. So one last question for both of you while we wrap up here, now that the Redskins are 0 and 5, they fired their head coach. What, what are you, what are you most wanting to see from the team the rest of the season? Obviously it feels like a lost season, but uh, what, what do you really want to see from them to feel at least a little bit, good or have a silver lining moving forward? Well, uh, first of all, guys, whoever's listening to this, you got to read Jacob's quarterback uh, ranking, or the, excuse me, coach rankings the, uh, that he put together. Really, really good. Really good read. Jacob, you picked it, man. Nice job. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. In terms of what to do for the rest of the season, I, I want to see an investment in genuine investment in the future. I want to see Haskins get every opportunity he can to succeed. I, listen, I love Colt McCoy. He's been around. God rest you, dude. You're great. I, if I see you, I will buy you beer. I'll shake your hand. I don't want to see you take another snap for this team. It's not any useful. It's no useful. It's, it's just not useful to anybody at all, including himself. It's just not useful. Case Kingdom does not need to take another snap. You need to invest in Haskins. You need to know what you have in Haskins. You need to know what you have in O'Connell. You need to sell assets. You need to absolutely rebuild this team. Josh Norman, if you, if you can get a sixth-round pick for Josh Norman, I don't care. You've got to move on from some of these dudes. Trent Williams should have been traded six months ago. What are we doing here? 
things like that where we're making steps towards the future. That's really all I'm looking for. And, uh, but, you know, whether that's trading, whether that's giving Haskins, O'Connell, the reps, find a way to do it. But um, I just – I don't want to see wasted reps, wasted snaps, because the season's short enough as it is. All right. And, Hines, any, any takes from you? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll keep it uh, – I'll try to keep it short. Um, basically, what I want to see is an overall theme of embracing the future. I want to see them admit that they're at an 0-5 season by the move that they make. Uh, they need to trade Trent Williams. I want to see that Haskins has flashes of being the real deal uh, and cap it all off at the end of the season by firing Bruce Allen. And I think that would uh, encapsulate the dreams of many Redskins fans if we saw Bruce Allen leave and the team really embrace the future. Unfortunately, it's time for us to embrace the future. We are out of time for this podcast. Uh, look forward for the next episode. We'll have one coming out in the coming weeks, probably more talk about the coaching staff, previewing the Dolphins game, and uh, whatever we get out of the Dolphins game. So uh, have a good night, peace out, and thanks, as always, for listening.